The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telegast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast, Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus, coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 97 years, and our Pertal, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn, Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and confidence in homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. We begin our musical program with a song by the church choir who will sing that uplifting song titled, The Lord is My Light. They are led by choir director Emilia Hahn and accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano, Iris Lock on the organ. Yes, saints and friends, no matter what we may face in our daily lives, when we, are, when we place our faith and trust in the Lord, He is our guide, our shield and protector. Be lifted up and rejoice in the Lord, for He is our light and our salvation. Please join in and sing along with our choir members following the words on the bottom of your screen. 
Up next, we call the upon the members of the church band to play a rendition of Triumphal Overture, led by yours truly. <laughs> Thank you. 
Our vocalist today is a so special Marvin Abing, who will sing Love Lifted Me. He's accompanied by your Shula on the piano, trusty associate pastor, and both senior Mason and Sano singing on the guitars. It is because of God's great love for mankind that we have a way of salvation, full and free through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
And now, the church choir will bring forth their second number entitled, The Hallelujah Chorus. Never! 
instrumental number will be performed by a trombone ensemble of the church band. They will play the song by and by, and we will also be accompanied by Iris Locke on the drums. blended voices, the Daughters of Judah will sing the song, Taste and See. This song is dedicated to Mrs. Marino Spotkaff of Wainai. Marino, may the Lord continue to lead, guide, and strengthen you daily. And may you fill your heart with all the peace, joy, and happiness that only He can give. Have a wonderful and blessed day.
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time station locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts are now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on channel KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you would like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneras Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai every, every Sunday of the month at our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloha, Hawaii, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera and President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. What a joy it is for me to stand before this wonderful TV audience as I get ready to share another Spirit-inspired sermon with you. Before I do, however, I want to inform those of you who continue to send your personal notes in praise of the choir band and orchestra, instrumentalists, vocalists, that your special correspondences are always related to our telecast participants, as well as to our entire congregation. It truly pleases us to know that the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast of the Pasa Faith Church, which originates in Honolulu, Hawaii, is appreciated and enjoyed by so many of you. Now, won't you join me in the reading of God's Word and the message I have entitled, Whatever happened to the 12 apostles after Jesus' resurrection? As a result of archaeological findings, more facts about them have been uncovered recently. However, we are also forced to rely on human wisdom for additional historical information about them. Jesus, who encountered Peter and his brother Andrew fishing with nets in Galilee, had some special words for them. Read in Matthew 4, 19-20, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Peter was impulsive by nature. 
On one occasion, as Jesus walked upon the surface of the water, Peter stepped out of the boat and walked towards him. Let us read Matthew 14, 30-31. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Being the loudest and avowing his loyalty on another occasion, he instead abandoned Jesus on the night of the Lord's arrest and let him whip bitterly of his action. Listen to Matthew 26, 69, 72. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. He's speaking in a local dialect, brought attention to the fact that he was a Galilean. He cursed and swore, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Read verse 75, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crowed, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. In other words, Peter repented from the heart. According to history, after the ascension, Peter left Jerusalem in AD 43 to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God in Babylon. Six years later, he returned to Jerusalem. He left again this time for Britain and France and journeyed back and fought between Britain and Jerusalem several times. With Mark, the gospel writer, accompanying him, Peter next headed for Rome, where in AD 67, Nero had incarcerated him in a dungeon. For nine months, he was chained in a standing position as to prevent him from reclining upon the ground. At the time, he was 64 years old. Finally, the Lord spoke to him as we find in 2 Peter 1.14, knowing that surely I must put off this, this my tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ had showed me. He was taken to the Vatican Mount and crucified with his head downwards because he declared himself unworthy to die in the same manner as the Lord. Although he had denied Jesus Christ, Peter remained faithful to the very end. Listen to Luke 22, 31, 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift thee as his wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. This meant when you turn back unto me again, for the Lord knew that Satan was going to have his way with Peter for a while, so that he would be weak and cowardly. But the Lord's prayer for Peter would be, uh, surely be answered, and he would be converted. The first disciple who was the angel brought his brother Simon Peter to Jesus, reading John 1, 41-42. He first finds his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which by interpretation is stone. John the Baptist proclaimed the Messiah to the nation. The exact year Andrew left Jerusalem following the crucifixion of the Lord is not known, but Jesus says he went to Scythia in southern Russia, and Pisidanium in Turkey, then traveled to Thrace and Macedonia down to Petrus in Greece, where Andrew preached the gospel for the last time. Maximilla, wife of the governor of Petrus, was converted to Christ, and because of this, her husband directed his anger at Andrew. In AD 69, Andrew was scourged, tied to a cross, and left to die. The cross upon which Andrew was crucified differed from that of Jesus. Andrew's cross was an X, the same form that appeared on the breastplate of the Knights of Philip of Burgundy. This cross is known as St. Andrew's Cross. After calling Peter and Andrew, Jesus met the brothers James and John, also by the Sea of Galilee, who together with their father were mending their fishing nets. James was one of the three, forming the innermost circle among the disciples, the other two being Peter and John. After the ascension, Jesus, James preached the gospel of Judea, then journeyed to Spain where he converted Jewish slaves to Christ. 
Shortly after his return to Jerusalem, the gospel which Jesus preached on the shores of Galilee spread rapidly. Mark 1, 14-15 tells us, Now after, that, after John the Baptist was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Herod Agrippa gave James as being the leader of those who were spreading sedition. Thus in AD 44, about the time of the Feast of the Easter, and upon Herod's order, James was beheaded for rebuking King Herod as he said unto him, It is not lawful thee to be have Philip's wife. James stood up for truth and righteousness. You don't find men like James today. His fellow apostles buried his body in Jerusalem. Years later, while escaping from the invading Persians, the apostles took the body of James to Spain, but kept his head hidden in Jerusalem. To this day, James' fragmented bones remain in both Spain and Jerusalem. In the span of 14 years, which extended for the eventful crucifixion of Jesus until James met his death, he did much to spread the gospel. James holds the distinction of being the first apostle to become a martyr. Listen to Acts 12, 1-2. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forward his hands to vex the turn of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. If his brother James, the son of Zebedee, was the first apostle to die after Jesus' ascension, John, on the other hand, was the last to die. While the other apostles met violent deaths, John died peacefully in Ephesus, Turkey, in the year AD 100. John had been one of the first visitors at Jesus' tomb. Upon seeing the vacant grave and empty shroud, John manifested the greatest act of faith. The Bible says he saw and believed. Following the extension, John left Jerusalem and carried his mission to Ephesus. Keeping the promise he made it to Jesus at the foot of the cross, John, like a son, continued to care for Jesus' mother, Mary, until her death in Ephesus, where she was buried. We read in John 19, 26-27, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. During the reign of Emperor Demetrius, John was exiled to Patmos, a penal colony off the coast of Turkey, where he wrote the book of Revelation. John was released after Emperor Domitian's death. Upon John's grave today, there now stands the Basilica of St. John in Ephesus. However, the grave does not contain his bones. While John the Beloved was in Rome, his life was in constant jeopardy. Tradition says that on one occasion, an attempt was made to poison him, but when he took the cup, the poisonous substance changed into a serpent. Thus today, the religious symbol of John is a cup with a serpent. He was called John the Beloved because it was he whom Jesus loved most. Another call by Jesus was one named Philip. Jesus knew that this young Jew with some Greek background could disseminate the Lord's teachings, not only to the Jews, but to the Greeks in Judea as well. Thus, after the extension, Philip went to Scythia in southern Russia and there preached the gospel for 20 years. From Scythia, he moved to Galatia and Turkey. Since the Gauls of France first immigrated from Galatia, Philip proceeded also to France. Thus, Philip was the only apostle officially associated with that country. Did not the resurrected Lord commission the apostles to evangelize the world? We read in Mark 16, 15 to 16, And he said unto them, That is the disciples, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Philip's visit to France was brief, however. From there he returned to Turkey, where he preached among the heathens who worshipped the god Mars. Because of jealousy, the local priest seized and crucified him. He was bound to a cross and stoned to death. Philip was 87 when he died. Therefore, we see that the apostles had to experience endure trials and cruel mockings, scourgings, and imprisonments. Reading Hebrews 11, 37-38, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented of the whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in deserts and caves of the earth. 
And this faith and way, which was once delivered to the saints, was preached by the apostles who were forbidden to preach and teach in the name of Jesus. However, they not only preached but exalted the name of Jesus to the highest. In spite of the fact that they were under constant threat of punishment, execution, and death, they told the leaders and high priests, we ought to be God rather than men. The Philippian jailer asked the apostle Paul, what must I do to be saved? Paul's reply was, Simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Jesus' answer to Nicodemus is found in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse he reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. What does it mean to be born of water, you ask? To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion, according to Acts 2, 38. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When one is born again of water and of the Spirit, his sins are remitted, and he receives the antithetical baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, as the 120 did on the day of Pentecost, the gift that affords you enter into the kingdom of God. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls answered the altar call and were baptized the Bible way. Why must baptism be consummated in the name of Jesus Christ? Acts 4.12 tells us, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. In other words, outside the name of Jesus, one cannot be saved. God had highly exalted Jesus and given him a name, which was and still is above every name, and to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen to Colossians 3.17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. This is the gospel that the apostles preached and were persecuted for teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus. Listen to Acts 5, 40 and 42. And to Him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they parted from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were accounted worthy to suffer shame for His name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Now let's just focus upon our message. In his gospel, John narrated that Philip brought a certain Nathanael to Jesus. Many believe that this Nathanael was none other than Bartholomew. Following the accession, Bartholomew left for Persia and Ethiopia, where he preached the gospel, carrying a copy of the gospel of Matthew wherever he went. Sometime later, he accompanied Philip to Turkey and both continued their missionary work in Europolis. From there, he journeyed to Armenia, a country which since then has been assimilated into what is now Iran, Turkey, and Russia. It was there he preached for 16 years. In Abenalus, now Durban in Russia, Bartholomew gained many converts. He healed the king's daughter in the name of Jesus and convinced father and daughter that they were idols, that their idols were powerless. Consequently, the king was baptized in all poverty in the name of Jesus, according to Acts 2.38. However, the priest and the king's brother remained hostile. Thus, in A.D. 68, they skimmed Bartholomew alive and beheaded him. Today, the knife is often associated with the picture of Bartholomew as an emblem to symbolize the martyrdom he suffered by being flayed alive with a knife before his decapitation. Thomas was not present when Jesus appeared to the disciples. Learning of that event, Thomas told his fellow workers that he would believe only if he could see and verify the imprint of the nails in the hands of that person. Reading John 20, 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hand the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. 
Eight days later, Jesus suddenly appeared in their midst again. Reading the 27th and 28th verses, Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. To this day, the apostles referred to as Doubting Thomas. On his journey, Thomas met and baptized the wise men in Persia, arriving in India in 1849. Thomas began to build churches. The native priests feared that in due time their religion would be supplanted, and so decided to stop him. Those who were born again began a custom of praying on Mount Milor. The priests followed Thomas there and sprayed him with darts and pierced him with a lance, thus ending his life. Though skeptical and pessimistic at first, Thomas eventually became a vigorous missionary and a great builder of churches. He may have been a doubting Thomas, but it's commonly noted Thomas doubted that we might have no doubts. Matthew was the brother of James and the son of Alphaeus. While the father was a godly man, James was a nationalistic zealot. Matthew was not only far from being godly, but he was a tax collector serving the hated Romans in the house of Herod Antipas. Later, he reconciled with James and thereafter he followed the Lord. Listen to Mark 2.14. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom and said unto him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. First from his conversion, Matthew invited Jesus to feast at his home. Jesus was criticized for mixing with sinners. We find his response to the antagonism in the 17th verse. When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Reports about Matthew's death were contradictory. It is probable that he was martyred in Egypt and buried there. Matthew was a gifted writer and the most educated of the twelve, but his transformation from that of a sinful collector of taxes to a saintly collector of souls, Matthew proved that anyone, despite of his or her past, can change for the better by walking with Jesus. James, the son of Alphys, was one of the three prominent figures who carried the name James in early church history. The two others were James, the son of Zebedee, and James, the brother of Jesus, who was not an apostle. After ascension, James, having spurned bloodshed and involvement with zealots, began seeking peace to piety. The scribes and Pharisees, fearful of the Christian leaders, tricked James into going atop the temple, where they claimed he would allegedly be better able to explain Jesus' teachings to the people. But when he reached the top, they pushed him off. Landing upon the ground, James, though already quite old man, should get on his knees, and while praying for his enemies, was mocked and stoned by the multitudes, so he was dead and his skull smashed. He was buried in Jerusalem, later taken to Rome, and interred there in the church there. Jude Thaddeus received his call at the Sea of Tiberias. He was a disciple who asked the last question before Jesus began his praying Gethsemane. The question he posed was, how is it you will reveal yourself to us and not the world? He remained in Amina until his death. In AD 50, Jude was felled by arrows in Mount Ararat. Because of Thaddeus' evangelization, Armenia became the first Christian nation of the world in A.D. 301, when Christianity was proclaimed the country's national religion. Like James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon of Zelot abandoned the fanaticism of his band and joined the idealism of Jesus instead. While with Jesus in his hometown of Canaan, Galilee, he witnessed Jesus turn water into wine. Following the resurrection, Simon and the rest of the disciples waited in the upper room for the descent of the Holy Spirit to form the first church. For Jesus had said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Simon and Thaddeus were both martyred. Thaddeus, who is said to have been killed with arrows, was Simon, whose body was severed in two, were buried together. The last disciple was Judas. He was not a Galilean, but a Judean. The evil character of Judas was known all along by Jesus. Whatever motivated Judas, he finally earned his 30 pieces of silver through a kiss of betrayal. 
Acts 1.18 tells us, Now this man, that is Judas, purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. What a way to go. Therefore, we see that the apostles had to experience and endure trials, crew, mocking, scourgings, imprisoning, stonings, being sold at sunset, crucifixion, and much more. And so if you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless you and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. And now the church band will conclude today's telecast with the song, Jesus Paid It All.
the preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.